InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today on Invest Talk. It is a Monday, and it is November 5th, 2018. And we just turned back the clocks to say goodbye to daylight savings time in most areas of the country. Uh, some don't even use it, but uh, we can. We, we can't. We we're gonna call it quits. Uh, <clears throat> we're not gonna call it quits for today and head home. And uh, maybe much darker outside, and that's not a problem. Especially when we realize that Thanksgiving is a little more than two weeks away. Crazy, right? We're solidly into the holiday season. Uh, and I'm Justin Klein, and I welcome you to Invest Talk. This is the weekday financial program that has one clear objective, and that is helping you grow and protect your investments and your money. And of course, we welcome your phone calls and questions at 888 chart. That's 888-992-4278. Now, if you have any free time over the next couple of days, I invite you to check out our new online training experience. It's called Invest Talk Academy. It debuted last Thursday. Steve and I are looking forward to making Invest Talk Academy a valuable learning tool for all serious investors that are out there. And you can learn more about it at investtalkacademy.com. I will be hosting our next class this Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to be talking about the capital structure. I'm also going to uh, of a business capital structure of a business. I'm also going to go over the market as well, give you an update of where we are, uh, of the recent moves, change the the bullish or bearish picture, both medium and long term as well. So we're going to talk about all of those things on Wednesday. Now, the jobs report last week made it clear that the composition of jobs has changed. Most of the new jobs created under the Trump administration have been higher paying jobs, and that's good. And going into the midterm elections tomorrow, employment is greatly improved for key groups like African Americans and Hispanic workers as well. Now, will the market react harshly if there is a split government after the votes are tallied? Or has any adverse reaction already been built into the cycle, into the market? So we're going to find that out tomorrow. Now, for most people, retirement planning is a necessity, and you can count on—you can't count on winning the lottery. And if you are not guaranteed to inherit a large sum of money, maybe from a rich uncle or parents or whatever, well, you're going to have to handle your retirement planning and funding yourself. So that's why you're here. That's our goal. And that's what we do to help clients as well. And to that end, one of the aspects you need to be aware of is the IRS allowances for retirement contributions. We're going to look into the story in a few minutes. Now, before I get to that, let's make time for a caller question. You know our number. It is 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. My name is Mike. I'm with Tracy. Uh, I heard your replay podcast today and... Uh, Summer asked about a 200-day uh, average, and I think Steve's reply was 
200-day average if the cost goes above its bull and if it goes below its bear. And I was just wondering if you apply the same logic to a 50-day moving average. Thank you. Great show. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, you're when you're looking at the price of any particular stock or index, uh, being above a moving average is good. Any moving average. Being below is bad. The longer the moving average that is, uh, the more bearish it is, right? So being below the 200 is more bearish than being below the 50-day. Just like being below the 50-day is more bearish than being below the 20-day. Uh, a lot of institutions will use the 50-day as a trigger to get out or to reduce their position uh, in a particular name. Uh, so, so yeah, moving averages do matter. Moving averages are relevant to the technical position of a particular uh, chart, a uh, particular stock, particular index, right? Uh, we, we've recently broken below the 200-day moving average on some indexes. Some are bouncing around it. Uh, and, and it certainly has turned into something that's more bearish. That's uh, what, what we're going to talk in more detail, or what I'll talk about in more detail uh, on Wednesday on the Invest Talk Academy. So we'll get a little, you'll get a little more context to that if you are an Invest Talk Academy member. But great call, great question, and that's uh, one of those topics that we will eventually cover. I think moving averages are scheduled uh, in, in a few weeks out. I'm trying to remember the exact date, but we will cover moving averages extensively coming up on a best talk academy now i have some good news for anyone saving for retirement you can sock away even more money the irs has increased the contribution limits for various retirement accounts for 2019 coming up you know that's only a couple months away right only two months left in the year and for 401ks 403bs 457 plans as well as government thrift savings plans the max will rise from 18,500 to 19,000. Okay? And the limit on annual contributions to an IRA which hadn't increased since 2013 are going up from 5,500 to $6,000 per year, okay? So the new limits 401k's, etc., government or, sorry, employment retirement plans 19,000 IRAs, 6,000. Now, the catch-up contribution limit, which is a higher threshold for employees 50 years or older using these accounts, remains unchanged at 6,000 for the 401k. So if you uh, have a 401k and you're over 50, you can put up to 25,000 into those employment-sponsored plans. I believe the catch-up on an IRA is still only 1,000, though. Now, these changes were among several inflation adjustments announced by the IRS on Thursday of last week. And they obviously come at a crucial time, and a recent report has revealed that many Americans are not prepared for retirement. In fact, nearly half of all Americans, 48%, don't think their retirement savings will ever reach $1 million, even though more than 30% of Americans expect to need more than $1 million to live on once they hit retirement. So if you're not saving as much as you want and you're, you are now able to keep uh, working long past your retirement age, you won't be alone. Okay, And the number of Americans above the traditional retirement age of 65 remaining in the labor force climbed to nearly 19% in 2016. That's up from 12.8% in 2000. And that number is probably going to steadily rise for various reasons. Uh, and there's even a report today about... Uh, 
entry-level jobs, you know, uh, McDonald's and, and jobs that were typically filled by teenagers are now often being filled by senior citizens or, or those in uh, retirement or retirement of retirement age, right? So they're working part-time retirement, which some of it, it could just be they want to work and they want to have a little more purpose once they retire. So that's something to consider as well. I think there's a lot that goes into uh, that, that trend, but I think that trend will only continue. So it takes a lot of persistence and discipline to fund your retirement savings. And often it helps to have a professional with some unbiased guidance. And I encourage you to reach out to Steve and myself at KP Financial. You can call our Dana Point office or send us uh, a message through investtalk.com. Steve will be up in the Bay Area on Wednesday, this Wednesday, and I know he has, I believe, two spots left to meet with people. Uh, so if you want to get on his calendar and sit down with him, discuss your situation, and get a little perspective, uh, I encourage you to do that. Just go to investtalk.com and send us a message. You can also call with your finance or investing questions right now at 888-99-CHART. I'm Justin Klein, and here's a quick reminder uh, that you you can sign up for investtalk.com, uh, sorry, investtalkacademy.com by going there, checking it out. I, 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 for the vast majority of you, it's going to be a fantastic resource, resource for you to learn every week about something new that's going to fill the gap in your investment knowledge. Now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Do you ever wonder whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this anytime at investtalk.com, you can quickly see just what you may be missing. Okay, the phone lines are open, Justin's here, and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Jerry in Palo Alto. How you doing, Jerry? Good, Justin. A question for you. I don't know if there's a steadfast rule. I have an extra $500,000 per month to either put towards retirement, pay off my mortgage, which is at a 2.75% interest, or into the stock market. Is there a rule? Do I, do I split that three ways? Did you, you say $500,000 a month or $500 no, no, a no, month? No, no, no. 500 to 1000 somewhere in there. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. Well, if if if, if yeah, if you're at two point seven five percent, I don't think you should be aggressive towards paying that down. Uh, now, now okay. I would do things like pay a little earlier, and not necessarily on the payment date, right? That's a that's a very easy thing to do to cut for everybody out there to cut down on your interest payment. Don't pay it on the on the day that it's due. If you have the money, pay it a little bit early, and over time that will eat into the principal a little bit faster. So those strategies I, I would continue to do. Now, should you uh, allocate more extra money above your monthly payment? Well, I probably wouldn't until you fully fund your retirement. I feel like you have the um, 
amount uh, and, and you're on track for retirement. And after you get to that point, then I would start paying it down. Because like I said, 2.75 is very low. And money you're putting away in retirement, I'm assuming these are in 401ks, IRAs, correct? Jerry, are you there? I guess Jerry dropped off. Uh, yeah, I would fully fund your 401ks, uh, IRAs first at that low level, uh, especially if you are kind of behind uh, the the eight ball when it comes to saving enough. Uh, I'm usually a fan of paying down your mortgage uh, faster, uh, but at that low interest rate and the, t the tax deferred nature of investing uh, in IRAs uh, and 401ks, I would make sure you fully fund those first and then go to paying down your mortgage. Now today's main talking point, Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway rep repurchased more than $900 million of stock just in the last quarter. Now what does that mean for markets and investors that follow Buffett's moves? I'll give you my perspective. Some other things that are on my mind as well this uh, this Monday are has to do with the 60-40 portfolio allocation. For years, people have been, or the, the, the mantra was, uh, a relatively moderate conservative portfolio is uh, built on a combination of stocks and bonds, and you know there, there's some some truth to it, uh, especially if you're looking for income, uh, but Recently, that mix hasn't worked very well, and I'm going to talk about what impact that is having on people's portfolio performance and their retirement accounts, as well as how that applies to things like robo-advisors uh, and balance funds and uh, target-dated funds, etc. So we're going to talk about that. Also, how do you decide between buying or leasing a car? What are the what's the thought process around that? And then if we have time, reducing your risk with a multi-asset investing strategy as well. So those are the things that are on the top of my list today to discuss. But ultimately, this show is about you and your needs, your questions, and your situation. This is Invest Talk, and I'm Justin Klein, and we have a singular mission here: to help you grow and protect your investments. And to get started, I encourage you to take our free risk tolerance quiz at investtalk.com. Now, the phone lines are open, and I'm ready for your questions. We have about 35 minutes left in the show, so I urge you to call sooner rather than later. So give us a call at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24 7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here and the lines are open. 888 99Chart. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Now today's main talking point: Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway has repurchased more than nine hundred million dollars of stock recently. What does that mean for the markets and investors that follow Buffett's move? Well, 
to me, it sends a message that there aren't any great values out there in uh, the marketplace, or I don't say any, but very few, right? Uh, Warren is a value investor, and he's looking to deploy cash into names, uh, business names that he feels has long-term staying potential at prices that are reasonable okay and he has a lot of money is about 100 billion dollars in cash sitting there that he can go pretty much buy most companies out there in the marketplace right uh, it's a lot of dry powder and what he's doing instead is buying back his own shares okay and what is Berkshire Hathaway is the first question. Well, it's a conglomerate. Uh, everyone thinks it's a company, and, you know, in a way it is, but it owns a lot of different types of other companies from uh, insurance companies like Geico, uh, as well as other insurance companies they've, they've purchased throughout the years. Uh, real estate assets, uh, they recently, I think they bought, I forgot which brokerage firm it was, but they changed its name to Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Uh, Mike college girlfriend works 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 for them now uh, and they changed name recently and so that's a big part of their of their portfolio as well as many industrial names they own a railroad uh, they bought a few years back so it's a very diversified business that is also in many ways very cyclical as well so there's going to be volatility in the name because of that but Warren sees their value of Berkshire shares as much better than what's out there. Now, part of that could just be that he understands and sees uh, the business in a very transparent way and, and understands the, the the strengths that the conglomerate of businesses they have has uh, in the marketplace and sees that's a good way to deploy new capital. And, uh, you know, t typically he's very picky when it comes to timing on picking up shares of companies. Now, his top five holdings, uh, including owning individual names within the, the portfolio of Berkshire, he owns stock in many large companies like Apple, American Express, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Wells Fargo. And he has a large cash pile to do it, and he's still buying shares of them. Um, but to really make an impact on Berkshire Hathaway from an investment perspective, he would need to go out there and make a large acquisition. So what it's telling me is that the the names in the marketplace that he could buy, and that's the vast majority of the names out there, are not not at a level that warrants a takeover, right? Uh, that that Warren feels is a good value uh, for. The shares, and that, that that speaks volumes to where we are uh, in the market cycle, where we are uh, from a valuation standpoint, and it's smarter, I think, uh, to keep a little more dry powder in today's market uh, for fundamental reasons as well as technical reasons. And if you're an Invest Talk Academy uh, subscriber, you'll you'll know why that is based on uh, last week's market commentary. Let's go to Bruce in Fresno. He's looking at PPC Pilgrim's Pride. Right. Yeah, I'm just wondering, uh, would you consider this value stock down here at this level yet? And if so, would you consider technically as a 
double bottom? Is this the time you would buy it right at the double bottom Actu here? Actually, yes. Uh, we've recently purchased this in one of our strategies for clients, and uh, I think we are going to actively we're going we're actually looking at picking it up for uh, another strategy. Uh, a couple of our we have two really aggressive strategies in our in our uh, uh, at KPP Financial, and one owns it, and one I think is going to buy it uh, as well. So we like the name from a value perspective. High return on equity, thirty six percent, and it's gone down dramatically, down fifty percent from its fifty two week high uh, in the high thirties. Now we're at nineteen dollars a share. And I like it. It's showing good performance after its earnings report a few days ago or last week. Uh, and it reversed nicely and a strong outside bullish candle uh, on high volume, which tells me that a lot of institutions came in and picked this name up. So I like Pilgrim's Pride. And for everybody out there, they produce uh, prepared and fresh chicken in the U.S., Mexico, and Puerto Rico. So I like the sector that it's in. It's in uh, consumer staples, right? People are going to buy meat and chicken most likely in any type of uh, economic environment uh, as opposed to a cyclical name. And management owns 79% of the business. Uh, they don't pay a dividend. I wish they did. Uh, that's probably the only downside to it. They're going to repurchase $200 million worth of their stock, which is about 4 or 5% of their outstanding shares. So I like Pilgrim's Pride here uh, down around $19 a share. Thanks for the call, Bruce. Now tomorrow on Invest Talk, the five health benefit enrollment mistakes that co could cost you in 2019. More than nine out of 10 workers roll over their plan selections and this may not be the best choice. And Steve's gonna talk about that story tomorrow. I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Invest Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is Invest Talk. 
And if you live anywhere in Northern California, time is running out. Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose Wednesday. If you'd like to sit down with Steve for a free, no-obligation portfolio review, you need to register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Xavier in San Jose. Yeah, hi, Justin. Uh, the reason I'm calling is about a stock um, is Granger uh, Capital, GWW, the, the uh, symbol is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Granger WW, which I believe is Granger Worldwide, and $16 billion right. market cap company, about a 2% dividend yield. Revenues up 7% year over year, earnings up 44% year over year. And it's had certainly the comeback. Uh, it fell uh, precipitously back in um, early part of uh, early middle to late part of last year, from about 260 down to 160, and has rallied to 340 and fallen back down to about 287. Uh, do you own this stock or looking to buy it? Yeah, I'm looking to buy it. Okay, you're looking to buy. Are you after that dividend, or are, are you just think that the the business has turned around? Yeah, I think the dividend uh, structure is pretty good, uh, so that's the reason okay. I'm thinking about um, buying it. Gotcha. Yeah, well, they they do pay, pay a little bit less than two percent. The payout ratio is forty three percent. Cash dividend payout ratio is thirty six percent. So it, it's to me a, a very safe dividend. Positive free cash flow. Long term, uh, their return on equity is 40. Return on invested capital, 17. Very good numbers on that front. Uh, enterprise value is only a couple billion over their market cap, meaning they only have about 2 billion in net debt on their balance sheet. Not a whole lot for the size of the company and the size of their revenue. My worry is about it's recently broken down and technically it doesn't look very hot. Uh, so I, I and I want to know they from about 2012 to 2017, their earnings went almost nowhere. Okay, it was up maybe a dollar a share over that time frame. Uh, so 10% over that time frame, which is very low growth. And suddenly it's taken off. And I want to know why that is. What did they do to change it? Uh, did they invest in their digital platform? Uh, did they do something to, uh, from the efficiency standpoint to improve their margins? What is it? So I would really like to know what that is. But what worries me, like I said, the most is that chart. It recently broke down. It's a very cyclical name. They distribute tools, lighting, plumbing, maintenance products. Uh, all over the country. So business-to-business -business distributor is basically what they are. Uh, and long-term, they have a good track record, but I think they're they're dealing with some issues. Uh, and I think short-term, uh, it looks bearish. I would keep it on my watch list, know why they are suddenly got out of their funk, and if that is sustainable, I would buy it on more dips. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. Thanks. Thanks for the call. That was Granger Worldwide. GWW is the symbol. 888 chart 888 We have about 20 minutes left in the show. So if you're going to give us a call, do it sooner rather than later. Let's talk about the 60-40 portfolio allocation. Uh, this is a, kind of your standard mix of 
stocks versus bonds if you're looking for a portfolio that is relatively stable, right? 60% stocks, 40% bonds. And most people feel, and the kind of the, the, the mantra, general mantra, is that if you have that type of mix, you're going to have a good yin and yang, right? If stocks go up, maybe your bonds aren't really going to do much, but that's fine uh, because during downtimes, during tough times, that 40% on the bond side will buffer a lot of the downside of the equities. That's the thought anyway, and that's conventional wisdom behind balanced portfolios and uh, robo-advisors and target-dated funds. The problem is that history tells us that there are many market cycles in the past that this type of portfolio has not done very well. And the reason I'm talking about this right now is because if you look at this recent market sell-off, the S&P was down about 7% in October, and bonds were about flat. I think they might have even been down on the month, right? Interest rates were up. And especially if you're looking at risky bonds, uh, corporate bonds, emerging market bonds, etc., those are going to be down for the month of October. So you didn't get that yin and yang that oftentimes you get from a balanced portfolio like this. Now, if you go back to 1938 to 1948, which I think is a time frame that is kind of similar to where we are at now, right? You had the bust of the 1929, you had a comeback in the economy for about eight years, and everything kind of went to hell in a handbasket in 1938 again after the Fed started to tighten liquidity too hard, very similar to where we are today. And if you were invested during that time and you bought a 60-40 portfolio, you would have lost purchasing power over those 10 years. Okay, You actually were uh, behind, especially after taxes. Now, the same thing happened in 1968 into 1974. In fact, you didn't for about 15 years from 1968 on, you were underwater with that 60-40 portfolio. Why? Because inflation took off, and that was very similar for both periods. And that's the big biggest vulnerability of a 60-40 portfolio. It's rising inflation. And why is that? Well, stocks traditionally struggle when inflation picks up, right? Because the purchasing power of the consumer suddenly gets squeezed. And bonds do much worse. Why? Because bond investors start to require higher rates to put money in bonds because inflation is rising. Higher inflation means higher interest rates. You saw that if you were around during the late 70s, early 80s, you saw bond yields rise precipitously. And so inflation is something that will kill a 60-40 portfolio. Now, how do you diversify? Well, you could go into a little more cash, uh, a little more precious metals, commodities, uh, maybe some merger arbitrage type funds, alternative strategies than just stocks and bonds. 
Okay, so I think that is something to consider that we may be entering that era where inflation remains high while the economy stagnates. And that's kind of what you're seeing in Europe, right? You're seeing inflation over 2% there, but the economy continue to weaken. And I would not be shocked to see that spread here. So understand that the 60-40 portfolio or the, the yin and yang between stocks and bonds, while it often works, there are many times throughout history where it hasn't. And usually it's those times when inflation picks up. Maybe we have uh, global conflicts. Maybe we have a trade war, right? A trade war is going to be naturally inflationary. So if that continues to heat up, I could easily see going into a stagflation type of scenario, which is something you definitely do not want to see. Now this is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live from the in the four o'clock Pacific time hour each weekday, four to five. And it's also available 24-7 via our archive podcast on investtalk.com. You can subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play as well. And if you do that, hopefully you take a few seconds to rate and review us. That'll get our word out, get our show out to the maximum amount of people, and we can help the maximum amount of people. Well, the lines are open now. We're taking your financial and investing questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. Good morning. My name is Bob. I got to tell you that I love your show. And I listen to it faithfully, and I learn a lot, so appreciate that. My question today is about dividends. If I've got a stock that, let's say, for example, pays 4% dividends, does that mean that I will receive, two weeks later, about 4% additional in stocks or, or cash or payout, but I usually reinvest my dividends. So is that the way I need to look at that? So if it's 4%, then I will get 4% annually more stock. If you could just explain a little bit more about how the dividends work. I appreciate that and I will listen. Thank you. All right. Great question and a simple answer. Now, most stocks tend to pay out quarterly and there are two important dates. One is the ex-dividend date, meaning you need to own the stock in the morning when the market opens uh, uh, the day of the ex-dividend date to get the dividends. And usually say 4% uh, dividend yield, it's gonna be paid out equally, 1% each quarter throughout the year. Uh, 
that's that's the base. I, I can get more details, but basically that's how it would work. And then usually within two three weeks, you're going to get the payment on that dividend. Now you can set it, like you said, to where your broker reinvests that dividend into new shares. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that, especially if you're in a name that you're going to be holding long term. You just kind of buy and hold, and uh, you know compound those dividends over time, and that. Uh, is a solid strategy if you know how to pick a, a company with staying power and with a dividend uh, a, a dividend policy. So you can often get that reinvested in the particular stock, uh, or you can take it as cash. So it just comes as uh, what whatever setting you have with your broker. Uh, now for us and our clients, we get that as cash, right? Because we want to be a little more control of the price that we invest our clients' assets at, right? We want to buy at support. And maybe by the time you get that dividend payment that day, maybe it's in a resistance and it might not be the best price to, to be purchasing new shares because that's usually what you're getting is the is some the, some calculation uh, based on the, that day uh, of where the price of the stock is and then you get to reinvest uh, at that particular price. So it's really up to you uh, what you will uh, how you will receive that money, whether it's in shares or in uh, cash. And every company has its own dividend policy and payment schedule. Uh, some, especially a lot of foreign stocks, could pay semi-annually or some of them even pay only once a year. So make sure you look up how often a company pays their dividend. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278 is how you get through and ask your question on today's show. Now I want to talk a little bit about buying or leasing a car. And this is, for many people, uh, an important financial decision and, and a tough one, to be honest with you, uh, because there are pros and cons of both, okay? Uh, and now, if you are generally a conservative person, you don't like to buy uh, cars all the time, uh, you don't need the newest and latest and greatest, typically buying a used car slightly you know slightly used car and holding it for an extended period of time is going to be the best financial decision you can make now that's if you are willing and able to hold it for an extended period of time 10 plus years so what do you have to do to make sure you can hold it for that time period well you need to know your personality a and you need to know your lifestyle needs right uh, are you getting older and maybe getting into a car that's really low and hard to get into, like a sports car? Uh, is going to be difficult three years, five years, ten years down the line. But maybe you're young and it's fine. right? Maybe you're going to have kids in a few years and you're going to need uh, an SUV or something bigger to haul the kids and everything else. So you have to determine what kind of car you're going to need now and uh, in the future. Then it comes down to when do you buy the car? Well, you want to buy usually the August, September time frame or the end of December. Well, the August, September time frame is usually when the, like for example, the 2019 cars hit the showrooms. So buying a 2018 car, uh, it can be a lot cheaper. You get a much better deal or just buy at the end of the year, which is what I did last year when I bought my car. I bought, I think it was 
three or four days before the end of the year because they want to get as many sales for the calendar year 2017, or they did, uh, during that time, and I got the best deal in that way. So shopping at the right time can make a lot of sense. And then mileage. Uh, do you drive a lot? Uh, do you barely drive your car? If you barely drive your car, doing a, you know, a 10,000 mile a year lease is not a bad way to go. Remember, when you're leasing a car, you're just paying for the depreciation of that car. Okay, so there's a lot of a lot of factors that you need to consider. Give me a call. I want to hear from you at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, time is running out. Steve Peasley will be returning to San Jose Wednesday. If you'd like to sit down with Steve for a free, no obligation portfolio review, you need to register now at investtalk.com. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. I have a question about Newmont Mining, stock symbol NEM. I don't currently own this stock, but I was looking at it as a potential hedge. How would you compare that to something of a utility like Southern Company stock symbol? Would you think one would outperform another if we have a recession in the near future? Thanks. Look forward to your answer. All right, he's looking at Newmont Mining versus Southern Company. Uh, two very different comp companies, uh, very different sectors. One is a gold miner. Uh, they operate in the U.S., Australia, Peru, Indonesia, Ghana, and uh, I couldn't figure out the last, I don't even know this, the name of this last country, but uh, it, it's one of the largest miners in the world, $17 billion market cap, and earnings are going to be all over the place. A lot of it has to do with gold prices. Uh, gold prices back in 2011 were at their peak, $4.31 is what they made a share, which is very high. The last year, they only made $1.21 a share. Now that gold prices are you know, a little bit around the eleven, twelve hundred dollar, uh, 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 not a price, a barrel, uh, an ounce <laughs> number, and so Newmont is going to be very tied to the price of gold and other precious metals. So it's going to be very volatile and has been very volatile. It rallied dramatically in 2016 with a lot of different miners. From went from about sixteen dollars a share all the way as high as $45 a share in late 2016 and kind of gone sideways since now $32 a share. So it's gone nowhere uh, and down uh, ever since that peak in late 2016. But it could easily have another move like that, right? From 16 to 45, that's a two, 300, 300% move in the stock basically. Does that again, it's going to 100. And so it's going to be very, very high risk, very high reward. Uh, yields 1.7%. Um, the thought process is that if we go into a recession, the Fed is going to stop raising rates, uh, the dollar is probably going to weaken, and precious metals are going to rise, which I do think over the next two, three, four, five years, uh, precious metals will rise. But then you look at Southern Company. This is one of the largest utility names out there. Very different, low risk, 
right? People anti-cyclical. It's going to be very steady overall. Earnings are going to rise in a low growth manner over time. Yields 5.3%, so you're getting a much better dividend. A lot less volatility, right? It's uh, Let's look at its beta. Uh, it's 0.03%. Or 0.03, not percent, just 0.03, which basically means it's not really, doesn't really move much with the market. And so if you're looking for something that's low risk, going to be anti-cyclical, isn't really going to go down with the overall market, and you want a dividend, Southern Company is your name for you. If you're looking for something that is has a good chance of going up dramatically in price over the next few years to counterbalance a potential large drop in the market, then Newmont Mining would be the name for you. So it depends on your risk level, but they're going to be they're going to move in very different ways for very different reasons. But I like what you're looking at, something that isn't correlated to the overall equity markets, as well as something uh, that will buffer your portfolio uh, in, I believe, the bear market that is, I think, now upon us. Thanks for the call. 888-99 chart, 888-992-4278. How much time do we have left? A couple minutes? Oh, we don't have much time. I would love to get to uh, another topic, but I don't think uh, I have time. I'll just encourage you to sign up for Invest Talk Academy. I have a great lesson coming up on Wednesday. Uh, so I hope you tune in. I'm going to give a market overview, and I'm going to talk about the capital structure of a business so you understand what does it mean to buy a bond? Why are they safer than equities or preferred shares? Uh, the different types of bonds that are out there. Uh, and different areas uh, of the capital structure that are safer than others. Uh, and what that means for a business. How a business uh, holds debt and equity and what they do with that. And what the cost of capital uh, is for those businesses. And will help you with your analysis of companies. So hope you join us for Invest Talk Academy on Wednesday. I'm Justin Klein, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. For podcast listeners, you'll be learning much more about Y Charts. And did you know that you can get a free Y Charts trial? It's also a good discount when you do buy if you mention Invest Talk. Now, Steve and I use Y Charts almost every day. Have a nice weekday, everybody, and thank you for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.